0: Get up! Get out of here and go! Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown
1: Milwaukee at the Avenue, here is your host, Dominic Catronio. Gosh, wins like that just hit a little different, right? Man, Brewers did not play their best, but they got the W. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings after a 2-1 to victory in Queens. Okay, the Brewers are 4-0 against the Mets. The richest team in baseball. We got takes to throw today, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves tonight, okay? This is game one of a four-game series. He didn't play that great today. He only had one hit after the uh, sixth inning. Er, from the sixth inning beyond, and it was Joey Weamer's go ahead two run homer. You could argue the Brewers, quite frankly, should have played better than they did, given they were 0-11 with runners in scoring position tonight. But Joey Weimer showed up when they needed the most, and then the bullpen locked things down once again. 8-up and 8-down for the last 8 outs of the game. In a one-run game, mind you, it was relatively stress-free. And I I tweeted this a moment ago, at Dom underscore Catronio. I want to make it clear once again, because I got... This is the number one thing that I take away from this game. All of y'all that were complaining about Craig Council the other day, and I was even armchair managing uh, about the decision to keep Freddie Peralta in there for too long uh, against the Guardians on Saturday. And then some folks were questioning him on how long he kept Corbin Burns in yesterday against Cleveland. Uh, Today, Craig Council was a master class of a manager. I thought today was fantastic. He knew he had the lefties lined up in that seventh inning, but after a righty. And Colin Ray had been rolling. They haven't really extended Colin all that long. He's barely scraped a 100 pitches this season. And he was so efficient tonight. That was the best part about Colin, too. I think if the Brewers had a bigger lead, they would have let him go a little bit longer. Only threw 86 pitches tonight, 59 of them were strikes. He hasn't thrown more than 90 pitches only uh, three times this season in his 14 starts. So there's already a routine there of keeping Colin's arm intact, and they have their own threshold for Colin. And the fact that they let him go back out for the 7th, it was the first time he recorded an out in the 7th inning since the 2016 season in Major League Baseball. He had a complete game shutout last year in Japan, but that's beside the point, obviously. Then you go to Hobie for the two lefties. But then, wait a minute, you got two more lefties coming up, due up in the 8th inning. So Craig Council stuck with his lone southpaw in the bullpen, and that caused a chain reaction on the other side. That forced Buck Showalter to pull his better defender to pull his uh, you know, pull his better bat, Brett Beatty, out of the lineup for the better defender, Luis Giorme, but he had Mark Canna pinch hit. Mark Canna ends up grounding out. Then you had another lefty. He gets retired, so they finally go to Elvis Spiguero for one batter, one batter only, and that was Starling Marte, and he's disgusting with the sinker there in the eighth for the strikeout. Then Devin Williams had the hardest task of the night, getting Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, and Daniel Vogel back. And in six pitches, he gets a ground out, a ground out, and a pop out. Never even had a chance to settle in. And it was over in the blink of an eye for his 14th save of the year. I think a lot of y'all owe Craig Counsel an apology. He handled that bullpen perfectly today. We're not talking about the runners in scoring position. He's not the guy in the box. But making the calls, deciding who's pitching where and what, setting the Brewers in the best position to win is what I saw tonight from Craig Council and the coaching staff. Hat tip to them. They took some heat over the weekend. Some of it undeserved. Some of it fair. Life of being a manager, every single move you make is going to be questioned. But you also have to recognize when he does his job extremely, extremely well. That's a really good manager on the other side of Buck Showalter. And I know the water is really boiling quickly on them over there in New York. Craig Council outmanaged Buck Showalter today. Obviously, the performance have, performances have something to do about that. The manager can't perform for his players in the box. But Craig Council put his team in the position to win in the best-case scenarios. On the other side, Buck Showalter was taking all of the heat from yesterday after not using his A bullpen, saving David Robertson for the ninth inning, never got to the ninth inning yesterday, uh, didn't want to use Brooks Raley in three consecutive games yesterday, but instead decides to throw him for a third time in four days today while trailing and then still throwing David Robertson while trailing in the ninth inning. Let's say in, in some scenario if Devin Williams had allowed the game to be tied there in the bottom of the ninth inning and they go to extra innings. Traditional thinking is you know, when you're trailing at home, You don't need to use your closer, especially by one run. You want that closer for extra innings. That's the whole point. Craig Council just played his hand beautifully today. Great stuff from him. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here on WTMJ, a text here from the 817. That's my neck of the woods. Uh, I grew up in the Dallas Metroplex when I was younger. Hey, Dom, love your work. What's the record in games this year where the Brewers score two runs or less? And I share this as well. I imagine the same text or same tweeter as well. The Brewers are 3-26 and 26 now they're scoring two runs or fewer. That was only their third win this year. A very rare win to say the least. And on the flip side, that was the fifth loss this season for the Mets when allowing two runs or fewer. Great stuff today. Another one, one, one run win for the Brewers as well. Always encouraging, and great bullpens help do that. They help the Brewers continue to roll. And I set the trap perfectly here on Twitter. I, I said a lot of us owe apology to Craig Council, including me. And I said that I was have. I'll put my hand up about what happened on Friday, but I thought that was a, a fair critique yesterday. Or, excuse me, on Saturday. But yesterday, I did not think that criticism was warranted against Craig Council for how long he left Corbin Burns in. I digress. Craig Council did a great job today. Colin Ray did an even better job today. we got to talk about Colin. That's going to be coming up here in the next segment. Craig Kishon is going to join us in just a little bit. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. That's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Another text here from Josh. The offense had so many chances to bury Verlander. So thank goodness for Weimer's big fly tonight. The pitching staff made it happen, but can't continue to be 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position and separate in the division. I'll keep the rose-colored shades on and enjoy the win. Thanks, Josh, for texting in. Again, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620 if you want to join us. Craig is going to join us in just a little bit. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. 2-1 victory tonight for the Brewers. I'm Dominic Catronio. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620 if you want to join us here on the program. Text here from Mike in Colorado. Colin Ray, fans and sportscasters keep downplaying this guy yet he's had more positive, consistent impact than Burns and maybe Peralta too. I'd agree with you on that. Ray was the primary reason the Brewers won the game along with the bullpen, despite shoddy defense from his battery mate. And Blake Perkins sleepwalking at first base, tough day for him again. Base runners... Uh, base running blunders the last 48 hours for him have been not fun to watch. Nevertheless, it was a tough, gritty win, even though the offense stunk again. Sometimes, though, when the offense stinks and the pitching is great, you can mask it. Today was one of those games that I am still worried about the offense. I would be more worried if it wasn't a start against a future first ballot 100% Hall of Famer and Justin Verlander. Not making excuses. Just reminding you, hey, it was Justin Verlander on the other side. And then you can counter and say, well, Dom, they had him on the ropes multiple times. And you're absolutely right. They had him on the ropes multiple times with the middle of the order coming up, and they couldn't get it done. I think the big turning point in the game, and we'll get into this with Craig a little bit later, the fact that they got runners on first and second, a leadoff single from Yelly, then a hit-by-pitch from Contreras. So you had, no, you had no outs, and you had runners on first and second, and you're down by a run. That's where it has to happen. Right, That third time through against the starter, you've made him labor. He's going to cross 90 pitches during this inning. You've got to get after him right there. And then it turned out to be uh, a flyout from Telez, a flyout from Willie, uh, and then a strikeout from Owen Miller. So this is what they did. And I even tweeted before the day, I kind of like today's lineup. I, I really did, given today's uh, roster personnel right now. I, I don't know what else the Brewers can do with this current roster, right? I, I, maybe you want Brian Anderson in there. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that assumption. You could probably throw Brian Anderson in there. But Blake Perkins has been swinging a good bat as of late. And y- you look at the options. Urias Lee is still playing very good defense at third. The bat has been shaky. He got a knock tonight, though, which was good to see. But for the Brewers... I think that sometimes winning a game without your best offense can kind of kick you into the proper direction where you're thinking like, man, they went 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. They had opportunities all night long, and they still won the game. So what if they just cashed in on two or three of those opportunities. They win this game like four to one. Or furthermore, if they don't shoot themselves in the foot so many times they did tonight, Blake Perkins getting backpicked at first base, uh, the stolen base blunder with Marte to get him the third, nearly throwing the ball, Little League stolen base home run there. Uh, then the sack fly was the only run that the Mets scored because of a Brewer's error. Then you had that... Uh, Daniel Vogelback reaching on a strikeout wild pitch because Contreras kind of lollied the throw down to first base. Uh, I was really worried that the story of this game was going to be little mistakes holding the Brewers back while the offense went 0-for-11. The offense went 0-for-11 with position. That is not good. Not good. Sometimes you get away with it. You're not going to get away with it every night, and they got away with it tonight. I was more frustrated with the little mistakes, right? Uh, and... That's a matter of execution. We've talked about plenty on this show, the difference between executing and mistakes. A lot of execution in those scoring chances, but then flat-out mistakes with Blake Perkins getting picked off, with the throwing error, Willie Knighton getting in front of the ball on the throw from Contreras, and then Weimer airmailing it to third base. They got a lucky carom on that one. Granted, he came in to score anyway. But you noticed, after that inning, the Brewers really didn't make another mistake. Right After Blake Perkins got backpicked. They didn't make another mistake, really, for the game. And that's how you win a a game of that small margin. And one-run games, there's something about it with the Brewers and how good they are at one-run games this season. Somebody's got to be good at it. And some folks, some nerds, like yourself, uh, like myself, I should say, are skeptical about one-run wins. And that they worry that it's, uh, it's not that important of a stat, Dom. Like, it's yeah it's it's skewing your numbers you think this team's actually good because they're winning one run games because they're all you know really kind of based off of luck right well the Brewers now in one run games looking at the record they're now 13 and four in one run games they have the second best winning percentage in one run games this year know who helps influence those games managers and like I said in the first segment, I thought Craig Council had one of his best games of the year as the manager, helped out a lot by Colin Ray. I want to break down Colin's numbers here while we wait on Craig Kashan to join us here once his television uh, tasks are over with. Today, Colin Ray, six and a third, three hits, one run, it was earned, one walk, only three strikeouts, 86 pitches, 59 were strikes. He was absolutely dialed in today. And as I say that, Craig Kishon does join us here on the program here on WTMJ. There's there's plenty of time to talk about 0-for-11 with runners in scoring position, Craig. But the story to me, the Brewers got enough offense with Joey, but the story is Colin Ray shutting down the richest team in baseball, working into the seventh inning.
0: Yeah, he was fun to watch tonight. There's There's no question about that. I mean, he was... He was mixing his pitch as well he was going after these guys he got him he got him to swing early into outs um, it, it's about as efficient as you'll see a starting pitcher go and I loved it that he you know got his chance to go into the seventh inning you know I was kind of hoping he'd get the whole inning or whatever but I mean it doesn't matter at this point um, he, he's given this team uh, more than they could have ever asked or anyone else could have bargained for that's for sure Um but he just looks Dom so comfortable out there in, in everything he does. And, and he's so stoic. He doesn't get rattled. Uh, the Mets didn't give him any reason to be rattled tonight. I mean, three singles scattered through six and a third innings. Um, it was really, really enjoyable to see. And every time he's out there doing something like this, it's, it's just, you know, it's a joy to watch between him and uh, Tehran. Um, you know, Tehran's probably pitched better in his starts, but tonight Ray, Ray may have matched him, that's for sure, and it could be a really fun, formidable one-two punch uh, when Julio gets out there tomorrow night.
1: When I look at this, was is a good question that just came in on Twitter to me. What do you do when Brandon Woodruff comes back? Now, the Brewers are going to roll with a six-man rotation right now for the time being here at the end of the first half. They don't have another off day until the All-Star break, so uh, just under two weeks' time. From yesterday. So, what my thought would be, and I'm just workshopping this right now live with you, why not keep the six man rotation? Because I can't fathom sending down Tehran or uh, Ray right now, unless something drastic changes in the next three weeks or so while we wait for Woodruff's imminent return here. But I I don't see how, unless performance validates it, you could send down. A Tehran or a Ray right now. Maybe you do roll with a th- six-man rotation in the second half and take one guy out of the bullpen, which normally is not something Craig Council likes to do.
0: No, but they've done it before, and they've they've done it recently. It's not it's not like it's been something you know way in the past. This is kind of uh, what this team and this franchise kind of has become, and we've already seen it you know for a for a stretch already this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all to to see these guys, if if they stay as effective and as healthy as they are, and if you can just simply add Brandon Woodruff back in. You know, I think, you know, the Adrian Hauser thing, you know, still has to play out. And, you know, Colin Ray, I think, also has to kind of keep pitching the way he is right now. Um, you know, he'll, so far, he's kind of gone through stretches where he's given up, I think, the the previous two uh starts out there dom it was uh four four earned runs in each of those starts you know five innings something like that but i mean you, you get stronger starts like this in there and he's going to continue to solidify himself but right now i think the simple solution if he had to answer that question now which woodruff isn't coming back for a while but if he had to answer it now i think you, you just go with the six man and see how that plays out yeah, I,
1: I'm with you there. Do it until you're told not to do it, pretty much, in my opinion. we got more with Craig. We're going to talk uh, a little bit about the offense, specifically Joey Weimer. Uh, Colin Ray had himself one heck of a night. He earned this win, to say the least. The Brewers win it by a final of 2-1. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Stay with us, Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dom Catronio. Brewers Extra Innings after a win. 2-1. to one over the New York Mets. Game one of a four-game set. Justin Verlander had a no decision in this one. He exited with the lead. Drew Smith gave it up the two-run homer to Joey Weimer, and that's all she wrote. The Brewers' bullpen locked things down, and the Brewers get the victory in game one. They're now 4-0 against the Mets, but the offense, we've teased it a few times now, 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. They had multiple opportunities the middle of the order did not do their job tonight of driving in those runs and driving in those opportunities. Willie went 0-4 with a walk and two strikeouts. Owen Miller went 0-3 with a walk and two strikeouts. Jesse Winker got a knock, but he didn't have any RBIs. He had opportunities as well. So I see Christian Yelich continuing to do his job. Another couple hits tonight and a walk, but... I give the Brewers credit for... They've been rearranging the lineup a little bit here lately, right, Craig? They've been winkers down to the six spot in the order. They moved Owen Miller to the five. They're keeping Blake Perkins in the order because his bat's been playing well. But at some point, this offense is going to need some reinforcements if they're seriously going to consider themselves contenders in the in the National League and trying to win a pennant this year.
0: I mean, if they're going to continue to be serious about you know what they want to accomplish either they have to add to this or I think you, I, I, I like how you put what you said about Christian Yelich. He, he continues to do his job. I think that's, I think that's been the most frustrating thing. You know, when we talk about the offense in in, in great length here during these post game shows, Dom is a lot of guys just haven't done their job. And, and I know they're trying and I know, you know, there's slumps and whatnot in baseball. We all get that. Um, but it, it's still stunning to me. We were we were talking here after our TV post about, you know, how long it's been since Rowdy's hit a home run. Um, you know that Joey Weimer's about to catch him. He's only a home run behind, but Rowdy hasn't hit one in what uh, over a month, five weeks, six weeks, something like that. It's been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And you can't just pinpoint one guy. I mean, this is this has been ongoing with several guys on this team, and you want to see Luis Arias get going as well. He's he's very slowly getting back since he's returned from injury as well. So um, they're they're trying to hold things together right now. There's no question, and get some of these veteran guys who are supposed to be hitting here right now, and and um, and and get this line up healthier, and get this lineup producing
1: on a consistent basis. I don't know how long you can sit with that, though, because you have real sample sizes at this point. And you've got Keston Hira, who's playing well in AAA right now. Are things perfect with Keston? No. And you got to be right if you bring him back up. Uh, And he's going to be taking playing time away from Winker or from Telez, And that could lead to another decision down the road of whether or not the Brewers are going to eat money. They have to create a roster spot for him as well. And then you got Sal Freelich, who also needs to have a roster spot created for him on the 40-man. And he's coming back from injury, too. So I I could see Keston arriving sooner than Sal, as opposed to uh, a trade happening on the outside. Because I, I know... This is a conversation I've had with a lot of folks around the game. With the expanded playoffs, it really doesn't actually help the Brewers because there will be fewer teams selling. There are fewer teams actually giving up pieces and willing to, to move forward because they feel like they're still in this and they feel like they can have a chance to make their postseason. It would have to come from a Mets. It would have to come from somebody that they may be competing with in the National League to decide, all right, we're waving the white flag. And there just aren't that many teams like that right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, good points for sure. And, you know, when I said add to, I'm, I'm not even necessarily saying make a trade, um, per se, there are guys you could go to. It's just, you know, when is that going to happen? And, and I also like the point you, you bring up too, Dom is, you know, the, we've got the sample size now, uh, in my opinion, and it's just how long they want to stick with some of these guys and how many more chances they're going to get, um, they they know what the situation is. Both both management does and and the players do. So, um, at at some point here coming up pretty quick. I mean, we're going to be the All Star break before you know it, and um, these numbers for for a lot of these guys just have to start start rising, or else some other you know players are going to arrive at some point and be given a chance. And I think that's the bottom line. I don't think they're going to be. Handed anything any more special than given a chance. I don't, you know, if Keston Hero comes up here, I don't know how long they're going to give him if he's not hitting right away, to be honest with you. I mean, they need a boost. They need that energy boost. That's what they've missed with a guy like Garrett Mitchell. I think that's what they thought they would get, you know, from Self Relic maybe before his injury earlier this year. Um, they've got guys about ready to go. It's just, you know, it's just when is that time going to be? And Who's going to pull the trigger on all this?
1: It's it's going to be an interesting next month or so. Trade deadline is August 1st. Uh, before we talk about Joey Weimer in the next segment, I want to get real quick a difference-making moment from you. Uh, I think it's a pretty easy pick today, but you tend to surprise me sometimes. Do you have a difference-making moment?
0: Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how much you discussed the uh, the Yelich play at all. I I had two. I had not sending Yelich in the first, and then I, I had, you know, the obvious one in the fifth when you, you have your first two batters on and they sit at first and second for the next three outs. So, um, you know, I, I'd i love to talk to you about either one, but I think the bigger conversation would be the Yelich one. So, in my mm-hmm. opinion, he should have been sent.
1: I have – I shared a screenshot on Twitter of the moment Marte was throwing the ball back into the infield. Yelich wasn't even at third base yet. So I'm fine with not sending Yelich in that scenario for two reasons. One, Lindor is a great shortstop. He has to throw into second base. Lindor was going to turn around and fire to the plate. I, that dude is an elite. He's a gold glover. Uh, he knows how to make that play. And number two, the Brewers' offense, I understand, has scuffled, but at some point they got to perform, and you got Willie Adamas on deck. He's got to perform, right? There's a reason he's batting fourth. If you're worried, if you're sitting there like, okay, who's on deck? Oh, if it's nine hole, you're probably sending him. Or if, if it's Blake Perkins on deck, with all due respect, you're probably sending him. But for Willie, or and the meat of the odor with Owen Miller, a contact hitter, like, mm, I'm fine with keeping him there. Yeah, I mean, I, I get all that, but.
0: My my thing would be I've got two things on that. I saw your screenshot, and it, it was really the only what, what we want to call it. I, I've called a lot of football. I always call that the all twenty-two. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but but it it's it's the overhead shot you want to see, and obviously Jason Lane's got a, a view that we don't have on the TV side when everything's going, and that decision has to be made. Um, one of the questions I had, Dom, is. That ball was a no-doubter going to be a line-drive double into that corner. I mean, there there should have been no hesitation for Yelich. I was actually surprised where he was on that screenshot that you sent. I thought he would have been further along. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. thinking he, he's got his lead at first, crack of the bat. He sees where that thing is going, and one of the fastest guys in baseball is flying. Um, so – there there's that. And the other thing is I, I'm just to the point right now uh, of the season, I am being a, as aggressive as I possibly can. I mean, I I'm looking at this whole series against a scuffling team and I wanna be I wanna jump on their back, I wanna jump down their throat ASAP if I have opportunities. And i if I can't count on Kristen Yellow to score in that play, even if it's gonna be close. I'm taking my chances just to get something going because I, you know, to sit there and wait for these guys that we have just talked about one through nine in the order and the scuffles they've gone through in the first few months of the season. I don't, I don't wait for them to perform in in this situation. It, I'm, I'm saying go, let's get aggressive. Let's get a lead. Let's take a chance. We're no worse for the where it's the first inning.
1: All right. I, I, I can recognize all of those points. The pessimist in me repeats that last line. He said, "It's the first inning." You know, (laughs) know that—that's the pessimist in me. The competitor in me. Send him. Let's go. Come on. Send him. Send him. I get why they didn't. The Annex Wealth Management Difference Making Moment is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. AnnexWealth.com. One more quick segment with Craig on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. WTMJ. I'm Dom Catronio with Craig Kishon. Thanks for joining us. Quick text here from Aaron in Illinois. I guess that's just how the Brewers win. Win ugly, but I will take it. I wasn't too critical of the pitching moves. I just would have liked to have seen a pinch hitter in the top of the seventh with two on and two out with Winker at the plate. Maybe Caratini, Randerson, Atopia, even Monasterio were all available. Council used to pinch hit all the times prior. Uh, I think part of the reason he didn't use a pinch hitter there was the reverse splits that Brooks really had. So the fact that the lefty actually doesn't, uh, or was it wasn't Brooks really at that time, but the point is you need a winker to perform at some point and it, it didn't happen or sorry, it was Ottavino. So you had a lefty in the box for a righty on the mound. So I, I, I could have seen that coming uh, to, to say the least, but Hey, I, I want to talk about who's hot right now. And Craig, Joey Weimer, obviously the story of the night. He hits a home run. He's got 11 homers now in his rookie season of Major League Baseball. Batting average leaves something to be desired at 214. But batting average isn't everything these days. I, I look at Weimer, I look at guy that's gotten a little bit better each month. He's learned something new each month. And it's starting to click here in June. I don't know if you notice, he's got an eight eighty nine this eight eighty nine OPS this month. That was his sixth Homer of the month. He's got five doubles as well. He's hitting two fifty three this month. This dude's starting to piece it together here. He's got a full month sample size of having success in the big leagues. That could be huge for his psyche moving forward.
0: Well, and his psyche uh, hasn't been damaged at all by by whatever major league failures rookies go through in the first half of their career. Um, so that that's the good news. And that's really one of the biggest reasons why he's, he's stuck in the lineup every single day since he's been called up, really, for the most part. Um, he's carefree. Uh, y- you know, you talk to him. You talk to some of the coaches around him, you know, during BP. And this is a guy that, that they really don't want to touch a whole lot when it comes to uh, trying to reshape where he's headed in his major league career. He's got such raw abilities. Uh, his mindset is correct. Um, he's just a, a ball player. And what you see is what you get from Weimer and, and he's well aware of everything. And, and so is the team. So I think that's what makes this uh, a really good combination. Um, and so Keep going, Joey. Uh, You know, take those swings and and connect the way he did tonight. That that home run was an absolute screamer. I love that. Uh, It was great to see clutch situation. This guy's had some you know clutch home runs and go ahead home runs for this team uh, more than once, and it's not going to be the last time either. The
1: way he's going here right now. He was uh, seriously a fun guy to watch in spring training. And everyone's was like, huh. I, I, and didn't really realize that he had a real chance to make the team to the last week of the season. They ultimately originally didn't decide to carry him on the team. And the reason why he got a shot in the big leagues is because when Luis Urias got injured on opening day, they knew they had to put Brian Anderson in the outfield. They would need somebody to or put Brian Anderson more at third base, take him out of the outfield, and need somebody in the outfield. And Joey Weimer... It's kind of hard to believe that. He was not in the original opening day plan. They knew he was going to arrive at some point. But here he is. And between his center field defense and what he's done at the plate learning and trying to be better on every single night, the dude's doing his He's only 24 years old. He's 24. He's going to get
0: better. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing about we love to see him hit the home runs and he hits the bombs and he's got – you know, he's a free swinger, and that, that's all okay in today's Major League Baseball here right now because he's producing. But I, I think the thing that people may not appreciate is what we see almost every single game with his defense in center field, and it's not necessarily throwing anybody out. It's getting to baseballs as quick as he does, and how many, how many uh, hitters think they have a double and don't as it turns out and and we saw it tonight the Mets had three singles and they could have had one or two doubles but not with him out in center field he gets to the ball too quickly and he gets the ball back into second base in a flash as well so those are the things that you have to just appreciate as as a baseball lover and purist and how the game is supposed to be played
1: and he knows how it's supposed to be played and the hustle forcing the error against Brent Beatty. Remember, I mean he, yeah. he's always booking it up the line. It didn't obviously result in a run for the Brewers, extending that inning. That, that I believe that was the third inning, second inning, uh, and then Yelich drew a walk, so he put runners on first and second. Obviously, nothing happened, but with two outs to end an inning, ground ball that's normally routine to third, and he forced a bad throw from Brent Beatty. I mean that. That's stuff they don't teach, man. That's stuff you, you earn and that's stuff that you show with your makeup. And I know there are people in the Brewers organization that know that guy and hustling on every single play.
0: Well, when you hustle, you put pressure on, on the defense, obviously. And then if they mess it up and you're safe, now all of a sudden all the pressure falls back on the pitcher who probably took a deep breath as soon as that ball was put in play and started to exhale and then realized he's got to go back out there. And, and you're right. Then Yelich draws a walk. That was in the second inning. And so Verlander, you know, Verlander had a lot of lot of pitches. I don't know how this guy was uh, turned out to be the magician that he was tonight, but uh he pulled it out. But that, it's because his last name is Verlander. Story. Well I you know, know it. it. I know it. Yeah. I know it. Um yeah. but yeah, no, I mean the hustle by Weimer, just he like I said, he he just knows how the game is supposed to be played. And I've never seen him in a situation, even even when he's uh, bumping into other outfielders, and we've seen a little bit of that in the last week or two, you know, who's getting in the way of who out in center and right and left, right? I mean, if, if that's his deal, they can dial that back. You know what I mean? If that's his enthusiasm and his knack just for trying to make a play and get to the ball, they can figure that out. The rest he knows how to do.
1: No kidding. Craig Kishon here on Brewers Extra Innings. Thanks, as always, for your insight, my friend.
0: All right, man. We'll talk to you in a couple of days, right?
1: Yep. Know me tomorrow. I'll be back on Wednesday night. Uh, So I'm out on assignment for tomorrow's show. Thanks, Craig. Okay, you got it. All right. The Who's Hot segment's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust your family's comfort at home this summer with cider. Don't wait till it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance. Schedule your appointment today at cider.com, S-E-I-D-E-R. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. Let's hear from the skipper up next on WTMJ. Well, you've heard me talk plenty. Well, how about the victorious manager, Craig Council, after a two-to-one victory for the Brewers over the Mets, Game One of Four in
2: Queens? Here's the skipper. Um, well, yeah, I mean he pitched. He pitched a really nice game. Um, you know, I mean he's he's had some good starts for us. Um, certainly, tonight was as good as any of them. Um, and uh, he got us into the seventh inning, uh, which which was excellent. Um, and then we did, our, our guys did a really good job for the last eight outs. I thought Hobie, Hobie's get, just kind of getting those four outs and, and taking care of his guys was, was really important um, to, so that Elvis's load could be light tonight with three days in a row. So, um, you know, that was Hobie's third day in a row, and he went, went out for another inning. So that was a big effort from Hobie tonight um, and, and obviously a great effort from Collin as well. Considering the stretch and like just to get that kind of efficiency and length from him, I mean, you say these days all are all connected. Yeah. How does that set you up for the rest of the series? Well, I think, um, you know, anytime you get a start like that, it puts you in puts you in better shape. Uh, uh, There's a couple guys that um, we're going to have to stay away from tomorrow, but um, you know, we're, we're. We've been in tight games um, for the last uh, three days, and um, the bullpen's done a heck of a job.
1: What was the difference uh, for Ray today compared to his other starts? Uh,
2: just, I mean, it was just getting ahead a lot of hitters. I mean, they, they were aggressive, and he made good pitches early in the count. Um, so there was, um, uh, you know, I think the first three innings he was. Th- He's throwing 35 pitches, something like that. So, a, a team that was aggressive against him, and he made quality pitches early in the count. You didn't score in the first inning, but you ran Verland's pitch count up. That was probably pretty significant, getting him out after five, right? I, th- I thought, yeah, I, th- I thought we did as good a job against them without scoring as we could do. Uh, <laughs> you know, really for five innings, we put pressure on him every inning, or four of the five innings. Um, it a little frustrating not scoring. We left a bunch of men on base. Um, but, you know, you get, you know, if you get to a bullpen after five, you know, there there's um, a chance. And then obviously we had a big swing from Joey. What did you see on that on the swing from two strikes? That just... Yeah, I mean, it looked just like a fastball up in the zone. And, um, I mean, he, he got a lot of it. This month for him, I mean, it's been sort of up and down. But on the whole, the, the numbers are really good. It's kind of seeing like, the the joy beamer you expected to see with the power and Yeah, well the power I mean the power he's, he's hitting home runs and, and so there's um it's not like there's been a lot of hits but there's been home runs, there's been extra base hits. Um they've been in good spots, big spots and, and that's that provide and he's still playing great defense.
0: You mentioned this with uh, with
2: Milner three in a row, he's done that before but for Elvis is this a significant step for a young pitcher to, to show that he can do that? Yeah, I mean we, you know, he had he was light the first day. He faced one hitter the first day, um, so it was it was the time to do it. Um, and we, like I said, tried to make it light tonight as well. Um, and and it was it was a big out, a good hitter, and big out.
0: Ray is a guy who has struggled over the years. What did you see in him this year that
1: made you guys say he could help us?
2: Yeah, I mean, so Colin, we got an introduction to him in in uh, twenty one, and um, um, he, you know, really was his makeup a lot of lot of it was his makeup honestly that um, kind of kept us in touch with him. He went back to Japan. Um, he was he was under contract with Japan. They, I think they kind of like loaned him to us in, in twenty one. Um, and he just he just made a good impression on us. He's battled injuries for the early part of his career, and um, as he's gotten healthy, gotten experience in a really good league in Japan, um, he's become a better pitcher. That's his first time against the Mets since 16, when he ran a career long eight innings. That says a lot about the guy, right? Those seven years and, and he said, yeah, he's had, really uh, injuries. Yeah, he's had quite a journey, for sure. Um, and I, th- I think he's got the third most starts on our team right now. Um, so he's he's been really important for us, kind of holding us together, holding our rotation together with some of the injuries we've had.
1: He's been holding it together, and then some. We're going to hear some highlights. Not many in a two to one game, but you'll hear Joey's big swing in the bullpen, rising to the occasion. Up next on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get up! For tonight's highlights, here's Dominic Catronio. Justin Verlander on the mound versus Colin Ray, and it became a pitcher's duel. The Brewers had traffic against Verlander but could not cash in against him. He left runners on base in four of the five innings that he pitched today. He only threw five, though, 100 pitches on the dot Colin Ray was terrific though he only allowed one run on a sack fly but the Brewers were trailing in this game until the six with two outs and two strikes Joey Weimer saves the day
0: Weimer a high fly ball deep center field going
1: back is Nimmo at the track at the wall gone Joey Weimer flips this game it's two to one crew 422 feet to straightaway center field Lane Grindle on the call here on WTMJ Lo and behold, that will be the last hit the Brewers would have in the contest from the sixth inning on. The bullpen sparkled today, it was some great stuff. First, after Colin Ray went into the seventh inning only allowing three hits, Hobie Milner had the rest of the seventh inning. Looking for a 1-2-3 3 seventh between two pitchers, 1-2, he got it, up
0: the ladder, swing and a miss, Alvarez could not hold back, Hobie gets his two
1: men and the side is retired and then Elvis Piguero would finish the eighth.
0: Kicks in, delivers. Swing and
1: a miss. He struck him out.
0: Sinker down and in. Marte swung over the top of it. Elvis Piguero with a huge strikeout and the Brewers are off to the ninth inning.
1: The Brewers I would normally play their closer Devin Williams but he only needed six pitches to dispose the meat of the order. Lindor, Alonzo, and Vogelback, and he gets his 14th save of the year. The Brewers win 2-1. They are 4-0 this season against the New York Mets. Right back at it tomorrow at 6-10 Central Time. Brewers will be going up against the lefty, David Peterson, whereas they will be sending Julio Tehran to the mound. We'll wrap up the program after this. All right, it will be same time, same place tomorrow against the Mets. They're bringing up David Peterson, the lefty, to make the start tomorrow are the Mets. Julio Tehran for the Brew Crew, and he's been great so far this season. 6'10 first pitch right here on WTMJ. Coverage will begin at 5.35, pre- uh, right after the Wisconsin's afternoon news. It'll be Julio tomorrow, Wade Miley on Wednesday, and then the announcement that Adrian Hauser will be pitching on Thursday as a starter they will roll with a six-man rotation, the Brewers will, until the end of the first half. Up against uh, the other two guys with David Peterson tomorrow, Kodai Senga on Wednesday, fun fact, former teammates with Colin Ray back in uh, in Japan with the SoftBank Hawks. Uh, and then Max Scherzer, of course, will go on Thursday. So you're seeing all the main horses, and you're seeing a lefty. It's been a minute since the Brewers have seen a left-handed starter. See how they react tomorrow to a southpaw. Then they continue the road trip in Pittsburgh. Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, and Colin Ray will be the three starters there, which currently lines up Wade Miley to get the Fourth of July start against those Chicago Cubs. Uh, road trip is four games now. The Brewers are three and one on it. And like I said, my stretch goal to go seven and three on this road trip i'll be fine with six and four but they're off to a good start see if they can keep things rolling on the trip i will not be with you tomorrow uh, it, it, I am on assignment. I am in Atlanta getting ready for Twins and Braves on TBS. But shout out to Technology for allowing me to be with you tonight. I'll be back with you, though, in the studio on Wednesday to recap this one as well. My thanks to Craig Kishan for joining us as always here on the program and for Justin Pottinger, our producer. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thank you so much for tuning in after a fun 2-1 to win for the Brew Crew. Make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast. Brewers all access. And until next time, keep on
0: swinging.